Hello and welcome to Ooh La La, Don't Mind If I Do, a podcast about the finer things in life. I'm Sean Tony, and allow my fellow hosts to introduce themselves. My name is Cameron. Pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> Jared Amadeus Simon, King of Castle, Lord of the Manor. And we're we're here today uh, together live in yes. Oakland, California with uh, Cam and Sean and, <laughs> and no one else. <laughs> what? Yeah, no, Jared's just... here. And Jared had a very interesting fancy trip to Oakland. Oh my god. I didn't want to. I know, you need to talk you about it. I didn't want It's going to sound like a flex. For real no, though, it, 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 it is the fanciest thing that any of us has done it's the since starting thing. the podcast. I accidentally fancied. Um, and I ate oysters, so like, this yeah. is So we were planning, that. we were planning this trip, and I was very excited, and as soon as we settled on a date for this excellent weekend, I went and booked a flight, and I had never flown from a smaller airport to another smaller airport. Mm -hmm. I bought the ticket. I went back to work. I didn't think about it. And then the day for travel came, and I arrived at the airport, but it was the direct hangar for a plane. And I said, what's going on? Because I'm, I usually, I'm just, who am I? You're an an everyman. I'm an everybody. I'm basically Tom Hanks. And <laughs> is I'm, that so? And I'm eye to eye with a private jet. And mm-hmm. they say, this is it. This is it, Jared. And there were like maybe 30 people there. And it mm. was a private jet, sort of, to Oakland. And uh, boy, what a wild ride that was. The smaller the plane, the bigger the bumps. <laughs> yeah. What would you ooh-la-la that plane? Ooh-la-la, don't mind if I do. And let me tell you, that was a smaller plane than I had ever been on. And you. so usually when the bigger planes are taxiing they're mm-hmm. i mean they're jumbo jets and right. you know they don't i mean they're kind of they're uh lab- what was it laborious like laborious luxurious no no it's like uh labor. It's, yeah it takes a lot to move them. laborious it's a laborious drive they taxi around this and it's luxurious jet, this jet was whipping around like it was nobody's business did like, you do a flip and it made me think about all the way back in our second episode when we were talking about the fanciest right. way to travel that's true yeah is an airplane that never leaves the ground so fancy and this thing got the job done Right. 10 out of 10, ooh la la, don't mind if I do. 100%. So that is a very special story. Very unique. It is a fitting of this podcast. This is a very special episode because the three of us are in the same room recording this for the first time. Is that the only thing that makes it special? No. I Not told, I told a little bit of a fib earlier. I said no one else is here. Technically true because we're only three people in this room, but... We are accompanied by our very first special guest of all time on Ooh La La, Don't Mind If I Do. And no, it's not you, Jared. Yeah. Now, I know, even though I feel like a VIP. I Can mean, I... you are in my heart. Oh. Can we give some context? Please do. All right, so Cameron and I, as a shock to no one, we're little ska boys in high school. And we have Rude gone... boys, if you will. I guess I like little ska boys. I think it's a lot cuter. <laughs> oh, yeah. But no, Cam and I have gone to so many ska shows, more than we could even remember <laughs> And our favorite band was Real Big Fish, and we have seen them so many times at so many different venues, and it is with so much happiness and honor that we get to introduce our very first guest, formerly of Real Big Fish, currently the Littlest Man of the Littlest Man Band, Littlest Man Band. Nothing is bland about the Littlest Man Band. <laughs> Anything but bland. Uh, Scott Kloppenstein, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure for, to be here, and it's a pleasure to be asked oh, to be here. It, this is honestly, you know, I want to say a dream come true. Oh, it's 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 incredible. <laughs> if you guys want to fan out right now, I know. I mean, no, <laughs> I feel bad because like I wasn't. Sky is the first time that I met you. This is really cool. You seem really neat. <laughs> they seem to know you way better than I do. But here's the thing: I was talking with them before. I was like, so that that's what they have in common that they both know you, but I don't. And I was figured we should find some common ground. Sure. You Jewish? Uh, no. Oh! no. No. Misconception. We're far in the back on my dad's side, so it doesn't count. I'll count you know, it. I appreciate that. Yeah. He'll take what he can get. My, mildly, historically Jewish. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Separated from the tribe, as it were. 
Yeah, so we were huge fans of Ska. Still are huge fans yeah. of Ska. Yeah, I have very distinct memories of me and Cam hanging out our house, at one of our houses, watching the live DVD of Real Big Fish with commentary on, just laughing at, like, every single thing that happened. Was Scott we making were, funny jokes? Of course, oh, no, always yeah, making we, the funny jokes. This is honestly, when we first talked about uh, doing this episode, something that we said is, like, well, Scott was constantly making us laugh when we would watch, like, even the live shows, just the banter they had on stage. Which live show was it, though? Because it depends on my mental state during the uh, the commentary making. I think the live album. The Our live album is better than your live album, DVD. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's the one with, like, uh, all the the DVD extras of Aaron and I sitting out front. <laughs> yes. Playing uh, Young MC's Bust a Move. Classic. Right. Well, and the, the interesting thing about that show was that was technically my first show back after being paralyzed. Right, Whoa. I was reading you were paralyzed? Yeah, I came down with this thing called Guillain-Barre syndrome, which if you're a house fan, <laughs> here's our common ground. I just binged that whole series for the third time. Oh, it's like the third thing they always bring up is it's like, well, it could be Guillain-Barre, <laughs> you know? Um, it's so and true. so, yeah, they had this thing, Guillain-Barre, which like is a really super rare thing to get. And then I got this thing called the Miller-Fisher variant, which is like, even rarer. Whoa. Yeah, I was like off the road. I went out for a little bit. We did some stuff in Europe and the UK in December because I came off, I got really sick and became fully paralyzed Wow. Uh, at the end of October when we were in New Zealand. And so I was hospitalized in New Zealand for eight days and then went back home to New York and was at home until... I think January, I went against my doctor's orders and I was like, I'm fine. I can totally go back to work. A, I don't like to be left out. Right. Yeah. Relatable. B, yeah. I don't like to sit around and do nothing. Well, I can't do that. I can't do that. <laughs> I'm with Scott. And C, I had just moved to New York uh, to, to be with my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife. And we were living oh, in a 350 square foot apartment that I was used to a like 2,000 square foot home and she was used to living alone. And so we, we got slammed into this situation where like I'm always there because I can't fucking go anywhere <laughs> and she comes home from work and sees me there just all Meh, and in a bad mood and it, yeah it was bad um, it was a real rough way to start living together and so yeah in January I went out for I think two weeks and then I had like I was pushing myself too hard physically and I had like a full on nervous breakdown and like wow. I was off the road nine, 10 months of and like nine, 10 months of like intense physical therapy, like four times a week for like five to six hours at a time. And it was gnarly. Wow. That's intense. That sounds like something to go through. Yeah. We're so glad you're okay. Yeah. We're glad you made a full recovery there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was for what it was, it was a really positive experience. I mean, it's like, you know, getting to have moments like that in life where you really take a look at things and like, go, oh, I need to really think about this thing and take care of it. I had this thing called a nerve conduction study, which mm. is where they take a medical version of a cattle prod and they connect electrodes to your entire body and they just shock you for 45 minutes. That wow. was excruciatingly painful. Can you pass uh, a new law on that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, how's the ratings work again? <laughs> I'm so glad you asked. So, yeah, yeah. Ooh la la, don't mind if I do. Mm -hmm. That's which a big is, yes. Yeah, yeah, two thumbs up. Right, right. Ooh la la, I'll think about it. You know, you're Side like a little on the fence. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if it's good. Right, right. And ooh la la, I'll pass, but thank you very much. You're politely declining. There's also... <laughs> there's also, there's a secret, there's a, secret, there's a very secret, special, rare ooh la la, which we only dole out when it's really appropriate, which is the ooh la la, no. This sounds like one of those cases. <laughs> Yeah, very much so. <laughs> it was so, I mean, like, I like to keep a good positive 
spin on things while I'm like slowly cursing the world on the inside. I just believe it works best that way for me. I like making people happy. I like making people laugh and I like making the best out of crap situations. Well, I can say that you've done that for Sean and I countless times. (laughs) I'm glad. Yeah. And so I'm like joking with doctors and they're like taking blood. And I was like, look, you can make superhumans out of this, but anything past that, because <laughs> you're taking a lot of blood. So I'm joking, and they're like, you're pretty chipper for a paralyzed guy. I was like, <laughs> I got nothing better to do, except think for fucking pithy things to say. But then, like, I had a lumbar puncture, which is the nice name for a spinal the tap. The LP. Wow. LP. That's what House calls him, the LP. I see. Yeah. yeah. So I'm laying there on my back, and I was like, when am I going to know when you've started? And they're like, well, do you feel a large bore 10-inch needle stabbing you in the spine right now? I said, <sighs> I do not. And they said, wow. then you're not going to know. Ooh la la. Wow. <laughs> I'll pass. Yeah, and I was just like, oh, ah, you guys. <laughs> Thank you very jokes. much. Yeah. But that's supposed to be notoriously painful, and it was totally fine. So you go through this excruciating, I mean, this sounds just terrible, but you made you it said, through like, the other You said like 10 months end. of at least, right, of like all this treatment? Uh, well, no. So the, the treatment was... That was really only like the first three or four days while I was in New Zealand. But then like the physical therapy was. Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> there was some electrification in um, in the therapy, but it was mostly like hooking like these electrodes to my legs to try to wow. encourage the brain and the body to like communicate. Yeah. A yeah. lot of voltage involved in this. This is, this sounds like Frankenstein. Yeah. And then like standing on stuff and working on balance and like hand stuff to build muscle strength back because everything atrophied. And, right. Yeah. Uh, before we get too deep into the episode, there is a very like, if I can ask a very specific specific question. Sure, sure. So the first time Cam and I ever saw Real Big Fish, and it's not at the fall of the bands whatsoever, it was one of the worst live experiences I've had. It was in, I think, 2007 or 2008 at Croc Rock in Allentown, Pennsylvania. (laughs) Gotta love Crocodile Rock. Oh, it has since closed. (laughs) I don't know if you've been keeping up. Uh, no. Oh no, they were kind of shitty. Like they. Oh my uh, gosh, that was lost... the hottest, craziest. Yes, 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 yes. This is exactly what I was talking about. I remember the whole lineup. It was against all authority. Then uh-huh. Streetlight Manifesto. Then Real Big Fish. Then Less Than Jake. An incredible lineup. Oh. Yeah, like legendary. It was, it was lineup. like honestly three of like the four or five ska bands that I like would not stop listening to. Yeah, we were. Like, and we so were pumped. we were like maybe in like eighth ninth grade probably yeah. and i remember very specifically like going to the show and i was like it was just the hottest day of the year like and it was in allentown pennsylvania which is and in the summers it gets really hot there they did not have ac on the crowd and so what happens is we stand through against all authority they were good yeah street light was great halfway through real big fish's set i'm like i know my cousin's in the front row he's a he was a football player he was passing out like, he was just from eating Josh, and people yeah. were getting pulled okay. out of the venue. Okay. So when I was halfway through, I'm like, guys, we got to step outside. So we step outside. We're not allowed back in, so we go around the side <laughs> to, like, this, like, garage. They, like, open and, the sides up. Yeah, they open the sides up, so we're able to, like, listen, and then eventually it's like, you guys can't stand here. It's not property. So then we had to go onto the sidewalk and listen to the rest of the Real Big Fish set. And then we were just, at the afterwards, we ended up just leaving, because I think we were all just tired at that point. We were 13, 14 years old in this incredibly hot, terrible condition. And it was like our first... Yeah, it was our first uh, gosh Yeah, it was our first gosh so, so that's a thorn. Now let's all share a bud from <laughs> oh, the rose. Okay. okay. Let's okay. all be well, alone. Honestly, the last time that Cam and I saw Real Big Fish was for the uh, anniversary tour yep. of... Was it um, Turn the Radio Off? Yes. And you came out on stage at the uh, show at the PlayStation Theater. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was so much fun. And it was <laughs> yeah, honestly like, great. Like, I believe you. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I was there. Specifically, we were in Brooklyn, right? No, it was in Manhattan. Manhattan, okay. Yeah. But well, no, we were seen, living in Brooklyn. So honestly, I will say that very first show right. was the last Real Big Fish show I saw that was, or just Ska show in general, that was bad. Oh, yeah. It was just unbelievable conditions. What was it like backstage was going to be my question of that show? That place, actually, the 
quality of the backstage changed quite a bit from when I started playing there. I mean, you got to remember, like I, I, I played that place almost at least once a year for yeah, most imagine, of my so. young adulthood. Oh, wow. I mean, so for 12 to 15 years, every year I played there probably twice a year. So it changed quite a bit. I believe it started like pretty dingy. Yeah. And, and when I say dingy, I, dingy I, is, is not the bottom of the rung as far as like dressing rooms go. Like dingy just means like it's a little dark. It doesn't necessarily, it's not as spit spot as you would like it to be. And you know, maybe there's like a mildewy smell. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but it sounds like it was sweaty, like not like for sure. Yeah, but then like they actually, as far as I recall, started really upping the Annie, um, and there were like up. Sta- there was like an upstairs r- set of rooms that they started opening up and like oh, nice. they really like turned it around but that but the stage was always brutal hot. Yeah. Yeah. The sound on the stage was not always I mean, we were a loud band, sure. We always, uh-huh. I mean, that's one of the hardest things about being in a band is actually just having good stage sound when everybody's just loud. You know, I'm a loud human being. Aaron plays a loud guitar. We have horns. Like, it's just, you know, everyone's loud. Drums are fucking loud. It's true. I've heard them. So it's just, you're <laughs> trying to out. hear yourself to do a good job to, for the crowd and for your bandmates, but you're all also trying to fight each other the whole time. And it was just while you're sweating to death. And trying to keep a smile on your face, and you can't hear yourself. And they were labor; they were labors of love. That's yeah, what I absolutely. I would give Croc Rock and Ooh La La. No, I'll pass. But thank you very yeah, much. well, what happened? But was, it was our only option. That was like the yeah, only venue for us. I can't pass an Ooh La La because I've never been there. That's true, okay. But, I mean, we've seen so many bands there, but yeah. they lost their liquor license at one point, and then from there, it just slowly started falling <laughs> apart. And I think it was like within That'll the past like two years, that it just. Crumbled. Well, it seems like now, I mean, I know how you guys met Scott. Now my question is, Scott, Yeah. how'd you meet us? <laughs> Was it weeks or months ago? I'm sorry. I started a new job a little while ago, and it's also very <laughs> hazy. You know, I took a break from from playing and stuff to come home and be a dad and uh, and a husband because it's, I you know, since I was... 16 yeah in a band and touring and stuff but to take that much time off especially like these days it i just i didn't know if anybody would care if i started to make music again but so a friend of mine recommended like i just start looking around on podcasts and twitter and stuff like that about uh real big fish and then things that i'm interested in like anime or or, um, comic books oh cam's your guy um or Harry Potter, or or what have you. So right. it was the anime, right? It was the well, cameras. Really yeah, I was gonna say an anime. Like you, you piqued my interest. Now I did not know you were an anime fan, and I. I mean, like we connected over Twitter. Yeah. Was it the Tokyo banana? Oh fuck, the Tokyo <laughs> banana. <laughs> <laughs> so in uh, episode seven, we reviewed office supplies. And I gave talked about snacks. Yeah, and I I gave an anecdote about office snacks and how I had Tokyo bananas for the first time because they were brought from Japan. And Scott and I talked about the Tokyo banana. So now I'm just like enthralled to know if you had a chance to get a Tokyo banana since then and what your thoughts were on them. No, I haven't had a chance. Oh no, No, that's okay. How about regular bananas? (laughs) The banana. I mean, I do like bananas. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Don't mind if I do. Don't yeah. mind if I do. Yeah. Don't bananas. mind if I do. I will say, <laughs> although, oh. I prefer the banana 
in I like banana bread, banana chips. Oh, love banana bread. I do a lot of smoothies. Okay, yeah. You know, my roommate Connor makes a mean banana bread. Our podcast coach. But there's something <laughs> about the actual just a banana by itself. I have a textural thing with fruit. Yeah, I've heard. Yeah. I've heard people complain about the texture of bananas. Bananas and then uh, citrus. Ooh. But the only citrus I can actually eat by itself is a grapefruit. But that's because you use oh, a fucking special spoon. Yeah, I, no, I don't know I, about I, that, Scott. All right, fuck no. you. I like. <laughs> I hate, uh, don't mind if I do. I like grapefruit. Uh, ooh la la. Uh, My no. nana eats grapefruit. Wow, you're pulling out the yeah, ooh la la. I want a grapefruit. I hate grapefruit. Uh, yikes. Ooh la la. Fair enough. All right. Okay. All fair. right. Yeah, I'll, I'll be right down the middle. <laughs> but, but today isn't isn't about fruit. Today, no, it's not. Today we're trying to figure out, Scott. We're trying to figure out all the fancy things about music. What makes music fancy? What makes for a fancy the accoutrement for for music, I mean, in the fancy side of a musician's life, even everything, yeah, absolutely everything fancy. Usually, we just try to figure this out on our own, and we do we do okay. We, we got here. <laughs> we but, had to pull in the big guns, but now we got to pull out the big guns. And we're, you're, you're, we're, we're yeah. generally overqualified for every topic we do, but we thought this time we could use a little bit of help. I'm into it. Yeah, so, so slap on a tuxedo because we're gonna need you to help us. I'm gonna get right into it. There's been one question that's been on my mind my whole life. Is what? Scott fancy? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah I knew yes. it. See? Yes, it is. I, yeah. Oh, <laughs> hell yeah. I mean, everyone's okay. dancing around in suits, right? This is what I'm talking about. This was something that I feel like when people that were not a part of a ska scene lost on the ska movement. And it's in every ska movement, they just lost it. I, I, have, I have such beautiful, vivid memories going over to Mike Barnhill's house. Shout out to Mike Barnhill, who was the good second guitarist of the very first ska band I was in called The Scholars. We would go over to Mike's house because Mike had the best vintage clothing collection. And I hung out with these dudes. We all had the same like relative physique, like just in varying <laughs> like sizes. We were all rail thin, like no actual like body mass to speak of. Like I get we were it. just all dweeby skinny like <laughs> Rayleigh guys and um and and we were all broke so you know vintage clothing shopping before it was vintage clothing shopping <laughs> yeah thrift shopping baby and so yeah like you would go and like oh dude those are great suspenders can i wear your braces like that's a great tie you would bring your stuff <laughs> to school like you just put stuff together and you would spend so much time getting ready to go to a ska show especially like we had bands like hepcat that like yeah. when you knew Hepcat was going to be playing the show and you were going like you looked good because you the girls were going to dance you were going to dance and there's a romanticism to it there's an actually like courting that can happen on the dance really? floor when you're like oh, yeah. doing your yeah, thing and like there's like so much of Scott's well, dance you, you gotta remember you're dealing with me right. who like I don't go well, we to, gotta, I, don't, I, I don't go to concerts we gotta I take you to a Scott show I, yeah. and I, part of me wants to right now just I want to kind of ask a stupid question I know no, there are no stupid there are questions no stu yeah, oh, yeah. oh there are stupid oh, questions oh get ready I yeah. got one I'm the king of these because <laughs> I mean, I, I can hear, you know, our biggest fan, my mother, asking, what is Scott? They, it's the first part of Scott's name. They're not finishing the name. <laughs> That's what she's going to say. Yeah. So, I mean, I I listen to I, a lot of things. I was introduced to Scott through these two, but I still don't really have a concrete definition. I've never really seen Scott. I've never seen anything live. 
This is the first thing. Wait, really? You've never seen a live cast? Yeah, my parents took me to a Rafi concert when I was a and, kid. And that was it. <laughs> I think maybe Peter, Paul, and Mary. Oh, he's the godfather of Scott. <laughs> no, <he's, yeah. laughs> I mean, so everybody defines Scott a little differently. Some people think it's just the guitar rhythm. I mean, there's a history behind it that's like, most people don't know that Scott was the predecessor mm. to reggae. I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. So what happened was, is when the popular music in Jamaica at the time in the... I mean, I don't know when it started, but when I think about ska, you think about the 40s and the 50s and 60s. And it's so there were they were playing something called Mento. And so what was happening was is tourism was coming over on the cruise ships and they wanted to hire the Jamaican musicians to come and play on the ships. But then and then like at the resorts and things. But then they also wanted them to play the popular music at the time. Right. That was happening in the UK and what have you. Right. And in Western culture. So these Jamaican musicians that were playing mento started to incorporate some of the Western music influence. And, you know, I mean, the Scottalites being considered the godfathers of uh, ska music, which was this hybrid of mento, which was like sort of Caribbean, but with, it, it had the upbeat. Describing mento, I will do a poor job and make a fool of myself, <laughs> so I won't do it. But yeah, so that's what ska was born out of. Then it, it evolved into dance hall. I mean, it, it just it broke out into all these things. And actually, the thing that people don't give credit for is that in Jamaica, they would take these huge sound systems to parties and dance halls, and they'd have these big setups, right, on like wagons mm -hmm. that they right. would take, and they would play ska records. And then the DJ would have a microphone, and he'd do what in ska and reggae is called toasting. Oh, that's something that we're very good at. <laughs> yeah, but it's like that'd be like the you know the the guys like Coolie Ranks is a friend of ours from yeah. the Pilfers. Hell like, yeah, you know one two the three if I would say Coolie Rink is on the race in the place in the base. You know, like doing that this kind of free flowing ideas just like to kind of hype up everything. Oh, that's what that is. Yeah, it's called toasting. So cool. Doing it over records that were going like oh what else sounds like that well that's also rap and like they were doing that in jamaica mm. first wow i love this this like melting pot of i mean i know that I, everything is kind of like this but hearing the, the backstory is really neat the, the birth of scott from my perspective at least yeah scott shows are the best shows to go to because mm -hmm. it's you've got like the fast at least third wave scott i haven't gone to many second wave scott we saw the beat one time yeah we're big they third were wave oh dave is the best yeah they're wonderful i think they yeah. actually were touring with real big fish at mm -hmm. the time but uh have you seen the boss i know i wanted to see the boss tones with you <laughs> i know but i, was, I ended up going right. to a trip with my family to disney world oh man and it was like, la, la. don't mind if i do well, no, uh, the thing is, the <laughs> my, big mistake. my family guilted me though they were like sean you can see the boss toads, but then everyone has to wait another two days to leave for Disney World. You're going to delay your family by two days? That's the yeah, thing. As much as that. I wanted to, I had, like, my family as well as another family delaying me. Do they never have to knock on wood? I mean, that's the impression that <sighs> I get. Yeah, yeah, I got that. I'm see, not even the was, biggest. So here's, so here's a question, wait, I guess. I was yeah. going, oh, I'm but sorry. My, but my favorite thing about, like, ska shows is that you have, like, the fast rhythms mm -hmm. of, like, a punk rock show, and you have, uh, I mean, depending on the band, you get some very odd-looking characters. You take someone who's never heard of the Aquabats before to an <laughs> Aquabats show, right? and they have all these men in leotards on stage, I'm and then burgers it. fall down from the ceiling. But no, with ska shows, what's really nice is that, unlike punk shows, which a lot of people, the conception is, you know, it's just mosh pits, ska shows, that pit is just people dancing. Okay. It's people dancing in a circle, and then also... You're, it's so welcoming. I've had so many positive experiences at Scott shows. It's oh, just yeah. a very fun, welcoming group. 
And even now, I still, every now and then, I'll see, maybe not a ska band, but for instance, uh, Jeff Rosenstock, oh, formerly involved in the music industry. Jeff Rosenstock's the best. I'm wearing a worry shirt right now. I know. I for, was noticing. It's, uh, it's <laughs> Again, no, like, perfect for the medium of the podcast. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, <laughs> Always uh, pushing the visual limitations of our podcast. Yeah. And there are still bands that, like, you'll go hear them play a ska show, and even, like, all these jaded, like, DIY punk kids, don't want to say jaded per se, but, like, they, they Jeff will start playing ska guitar, and everyone starts dancing. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just this universal thing of, like, let's just dance, and that's the whole vibe of an entire scotch so all right i might get i think the word might be chided for this go for it Ooh, I'll, I'll think about it okay because okay. yeah, right. the question that i want to present about this is like and i know that i we might be incredibly biased here friends but <laughs> is sky the fanciest i'm thinking about other th- i'm thinking mm. about other music and i'm not saying that has to be the fanciest because right. I do think Sky is fancy. That's why I'm like, ooh, I'll think about it. Ooh la la, I'll think about it. Right, right. But I'm thinking about the Grand Ole Opry. I'm thinking about <laughs> things like Philip Glass. I'm thinking about uh, classic music. Freeform jazz. Thinking, yeah, freeform jazz. <laughs> Trap rap. What do, you, what do you think, Scott? I mean, where, where does Scott rank with the other fancy genres? Okay, so I mean, fancy est. <laughs> Likely not, which is part of its allure. Yeah, right? yeah, I, agree. I I can get with that. If you get too fancy with something, you lose a certain amount of uh, accessibility, right? Not everyone can take a private jet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> not everyone can take a private jet. I think the the whole point of uh, this is going to get really wow. Uh, please let's get inside baseball. I'm ready for it. Slather it on. If no one's on board with me, everyone's going to be like, huh? Or you're going to be really stoked. I think the whole point of the mat. Smith Doctor Who bow tie is that the bow tie is, it makes a little bit of an unaccessibility. A bow tie is a barrier. <laughs> you know, it's like too fancy. A bow tie is a barrier, you know? I like that because uh, I don't know how to tie a bow tie. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna level with you guys as much as you guys love ska. I don't know if it's fancy. We're all about bow ties. That's the antithesis <laughs> of ooh la la. So I don't think, I don't, like, I know you can love ska and it cannot be fancy. I think things can be dirty and beautiful. To be fair, when I was like in my peak ska phase, sure. I was wearing like checkered ties and dress yeah. shirts. Yeah, and, you know, sure. like ska is like, I feel like it's a gateway to fancy because it's just a, it's like just the right amount of like yeah I'm putting on like a nice outfit but also I'm gonna like get a little rowdy and sweaty and like, I'm gonna you sweat know, in like, this fucking exactly suit. yeah yeah so it's sweat there are brass well, well, I'll pass but thank you very much <laughs> there, there are, like brass instruments you know you have a whole horn section yeah, yeah. and like, then it's true there I think are horn some if we're gonna ooh la la specific instruments yeah, then sure, sure but. but then even on a grander stage there's a band the Tokyo Scout Paradise Orchestra. It's okay. an orchestra. Orchestra's in the title. Yeah, yeah. Orchestra's in the title. Yeah. It's an orchestra. See, this is my question. Uh-huh. Yeah. Does Ska's versatility up its fanciness? Because of the fact, and then this is my, this is the part of the allure, Ska music is so versatile. You could use punk rock with it. You can use jazz, classic. I mean, it's like, it can work into every genre. It is the every genre. So you're saying you could Ska something? <laughs> I mean, you can like- Will it Ska? You yeah. can add anything to Ska. There's Ska to make you sad. There's Ska to make you happy. There's Ska to make you contemplate. Mm. Whoa. It's pretty pliable. That's edging it towards the don't mind if I do. I'm still thinking about it. Oh, for sure. For I don't sure. know if it's going to change while we're on the podcast. Yeah, that's but right now, look I mean, at the grander scheme of fancy. Yes. Another big part of Ska is unity. Yeah. You know, the black and white checkerboard, it's not yeah. just a visual thing. Oh, yeah. Wait, it's very fun. much uniting the races. Is that really? Was that? Yeah. Wow. I, I had no idea. Yeah, no, Scott. I is... hope I'm not the only one out no, there. I, no, 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 no. I, I think, I think it's a very Clearly, it's not because thing. you're presenting it to me like Yeah, no, right. I want it's kind of like yeah. a, a That's excellent. Point. No, yeah, it's all about, I mean, uh, Operation Ivy has a song called Unity, and that's very much like it's about standing together. And like, it, Scott is such a welcoming place that I think 
being friendly and being a good host is fancy. Mm. And I can't think of a better host genre than ska. Wow. So this is so will it sky? This is probably why <laughs> our new show. <laughs> this is probably why most '80s pop songs work better as sky covers. Oh, I'm a firm yeah, believer. That's, of that. that's a fact. I mean, like that take on me cover. Come on. Here's now. another element of fanciness. It is far more appreciated in the UK than in the United States. There's a bigger audience there. Huge. For in point of fact, wow, you would wow. be hard pressed to find a successful. English musician that did not and does not still to this day have a deep love for ska music. Yeah, that's amazing. No, that I can also attest to this. A good friend of mine, I don't I want to drop his name so I don't want to. I don't oh, yeah, associated. no, you don't want to. However, no he's a bit of a music snob. He's very, he's a very talented musician. And I'll talk to him. He's like, I don't know, ska's not for me. I'm like, what do you think of the specials? He's like, well, the specials are great. I'm like, what do you think of Madness? And mm-hmm. Madness is great. I'm like, you like ska. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. well, and that's the thing. Oh, like, that's I like want to point out, like, yeah. I'm not, I am not, like, I'm, no, I like ska. Mm-hmm. I listened, I have right. listened to it. I've never been like, Turn, can you turn that down? Like I'm always like, oh, I could, I could, I could groove. I, I think I a like lot it. of people don't know that they've heard ska before. You, you'll be like, oh, like do you like ska? I don't know what ska is. But like, oh, have you heard? Like, have you ever watched the Digimon movie? Yeah. <laughs> like, remember when they digivolve and for some reason, like a bunch of horns were blaring? The yeah, theme that's song ska. to Kablam. <laughs> oh, true. That's yeah. uh, I think that's the Toasters. So, not necessarily ska related though. I mean, what do you guys think are like some of the fancier instruments musically speaking? Oof. I mean, like, what comes to mind? Grand piano? Grand piano. The harp. The harp. I'm going to say viola, viola because it's so specialized as <sighs> it's a it's an even more specialized violin. Scott, I swear to you, that's the exact thought I had in fifth grade when they made me play an instrument. And they were like, what do you want to play? And I said, not the violin, because everyone was playing the violin. Not the cello, because I got to lug that thing around. Viola. Viola. Y- you contrarian. Yeah, that's what I was doing. I yeah. did that for one full school year and then I said <laughs> one full day and then, and then I got bored <laughs> and then at the end of fifth grade I handed back the viola and I said ooh la la I'll pass but thank you very much <laughs> I chose percussion in fifth grade because uh-huh. I thought I would just have to carry around drumsticks oh, but they gave involved. me a full set of bells I did that for about like four or five years four or four years of bells I, I, did, I was in the eighth grade marching band at my school I what did, did you play with the bells uh, well I didn't play the bells I you just carried around I was bad at bells but what I was good at, <laughs> you were good at carrying. Well, no, what they're good. What here's what they do to percussionists in like elementary school. If uh-huh. you're large, you will carry a bass drum, and all you have to do is just do this. Uh, is that what you did? Energizer bunny style. Again, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Thank you for illustrating that for all of our listeners who are using their ears. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, I'm. Well, it's Scott just brought it home yes, with, with yeah, No, I can. See I know. What I was going to try to. It's just hitting the drum. For eighth grade he music did it. level, Energizer yeah, yeah. he did it. At eighth grade <laughs> he did your, music he, level, he did your job for you. The bass drum is not a very complicated instrument, <laughs> and the bells were too complicated for me. What about the voice? Not uh, the show. The well, instrument. oh shoot, I thought we were talking about the show. I think the voice. I mean, it kind of has. It's to right be. up there with Willett Scott. It's angelic. I mean, for sure. I think voices. It's the first instrument. True. But is the fanciest song a song with vocals? Acapella. Is it fancy? Oh, oh, <laughs> snap. No. Oh, man. I listen to a lot of just like classical music that has no. Well, there's some choral work. Yeah. Some of it is choral. Some Ervo Paird, who's a fantastic choral arranger. Mm-hmm. I mean, you think about any Vienna boys choir, you know, that stuff is 
fancy. You got little kids who are highly disciplined to sing. Yeah, that's the best. <laughs> yeah. You, you got to send a kid to a school where there's plenty of money. That's fancy. Yeah. Yeah, they're eating good food over there. Like boiled <laughs> for their voice boxes. Yeah, for voice. Yeah. I think voice definitely has like some potential to be the fanciest instrument. I still think the harp is pretty fancy. I'm no, sure. I do yeah, think. I mean, I mean, that's what greets you when you get into heaven. I yeah, mean, the pearly imagine. gates. The pearly gates. You get the angelic choir and a harp. The harp's fancy. When I picture a harp in my head, it's gold. I get, I, yeah, I or, or wooden, painted gold. So, like, with these instruments, there's all these different genres like we are talking about. Right. And, I mean, we kind of touched on it earlier, but I just want to bring it bring it round circle here. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, like, ska and jazz, they're all kind of loose and frenetic and fun. And then there's things that are, like, highly composed, orchestrated, right. like, to a T, very, almost mathematical, something like I like Philip Glass, because... That's that's me. Mm-hmm. Philip Glass is great. I like yeah, I guess a lot of people like Philip Glass. He's a very he's a popular dude. But um I mean I'm I like Philip Glass, I like Stephen Reich, you know, I like a lot classical of classical minimalist yeah, stuff. Yeah. So I don't know. That stuff to me feels fancier. I don't want like I'm not trying to be fancy when I listen to it. I just enjoy it. But is that fancier? I don't I don't I mean, I'm curious. What's calculated versus... Like the high energy... The, the emotional, the emotional oh, right, side right. Of, of music. I think in my head, when I think of fancy, I do think of like the like things that are kind of, I don't want to say snobby, but like, right. I don't know, things that are like classical or slow or the like very... Orchestral? Right, yeah. Things that are very specifically like thought out, like just very like well composed. So I could, I could see that side of the argument. What do you think, Scott? I do think the idea of fancy... It's a malleable idea in its own self, right? Like, yeah. is it fancy? Because did you say that you thought that fancy was easy to follow sometimes? Maybe not easy to follow in the sense that, it, like, because it's like, it can be very, like, I mean, it's difficult music to compose, right? But it's, like, easy to follow in the sense where you're not, like, I don't know, with like punk music and stuff like, what are they saying? I see what you're saying. Right. It's accessible. It's, right. So on, on that idea, right, there are things that are fancy that, and I think of uh, cooking. Right. There are things that are fancy, yet they are very few ingredients, but they are the finest ingredients that go together to make a matter. See, that's why I like the classical minimalist music. Right. Mm. That's why I tend to gravitate towards. I like I like how far they could stretch so, so little. I'll listen to the same repeating pattern. Over and over again, like this ambient music, and see how it for hours at a time. time. Right? Yeah. You, yeah, yeah. That was a joke from you. But like, <laughs> yeah. Oh yes. But then on that same token. You have the souffle, which is extremely complicated, unbelievably difficult to pull off successfully. Uh, done right, the the flavoring is actually very complicated and changes as you eat it. Like, it's it's kind of the flip side of the coin, but still, right. still super fucking fancy. I like to think that this podcast is the souffle of podcasts. It could collapse at any time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Goes in many different directions. You never wow. know where it's going to end up. Yeah. But hey, it's pretty good. What about the uh, fanciest way to take in music? To listen to music? Yeah, like to enjoy it. So you're talking like uh, devices of listening or like, like headphones, actual, surround I mean, sound, movie theater, what's like the, location? The, all, all of these are on the table. Okay. So all right. We know it's not croc rock. <laughs> we know that's not on the list. <laughs> that's not yeah, that's not fancy. It's yeah. not fancy. But right. I mean it's fun. But I would I would love to hear from Scott, like what are some of the fanciest venues that he's performed at? Like what is something to hit that constitutes in like wow, this is a fancy oh, place. Yeah, I like have you ever showed up and you're like, oh, ooh la la. Don't mind <laughs> if I do. I mean we've played okay. 
Yes. <laughs> Did you play Carnegie Hall, man? No. There are many times where Real Big Fish, I will never forget what the guys, the first time we met the guys and They Might Be Giants, they said the nicest thing in the world to us. We were so nervous to speak to them. And they were like, oh, hey, we've heard you guys. You guys are great. We get where you guys are at. You guys are also uncategorizable. And I was like, that's lovely. <laughs> that makes a whole lot of sense as to how we get booked, too, because we get booked in some of the weirdest places. <laughs> and it was just nice to also hear that from the Johns, that they thought we were uncategorizable because mm -hmm. they are uncategorizable. That's an oxymoron. That's the uncategorizable just became a category. Yeah. Ooh. Whoa. That's a good point. It's incredible. That's actually relatively fancy. By the transitive property. <laughs> we got booked to play some sort of democratic convention gathering fundraiser thing in Washington, D.C. Oh, it was like suits and t I mean, it was like Washington, you know, like these <laughs> this it was evening with people wearing wearing tuxedos with platters walking around going. Don't, would you like a... <laughs> don't mind if I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's how waiters and, work. Um, yeah, I don't know what we were doing. We showed up to that thing and we were... I mean, we'd probably been on the road for a good month or so at that point. So we were not in any way, shape or form fancy. <laughs> Whether we were bathed or not was questionable. Um, but we showed up. I'll pass. And we did our yeah. show and they seemed to be inebriated enough on their very expensive libations to enjoy us. Hell yeah. It's amazing. I'm picturing like Bill Clinton at the Playing show the he's going, beer, <laughs> we, play we beer. <laughs> that's, that's about as, I mean, there might be, I mean, there were some like, like dance halls and things like that that we would roll into that you would at first when before people got in there and stuff, you'd be like, whoa, this is a weird room. Kind of like at the end of the Blues Brothers. <laughs> but then you kind of quickly forget that. So because you only really look at a place twice. Yeah, if you, I'm, you go to so many places. Yeah. Once when you sound check and then once when you're on the other time when you're on stage and then you forget about and it. You sort of touched on this. You were saying that uh, touring isn't exactly fancy. Um, no. But I'm curious if there's... <laughs> really? Touring isn't fancy? It doesn't no. sound like it from the way... <laughs> oh man, I've been watching the wrong movies. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything you could think of that would improve the touring lifestyle to perhaps add a little something extra to it? Maybe the schedule should be longer and give you more time to rest. <laughs> I mean, maybe the car should be smaller. A oh, smaller <laughs> car. Maybe make the car just a jet that never leaves the ground. Right. Um, <laughs> it's about as fancy. I mean, for us, like there were some of us who were lucky enough to get to go out and play shows with Green Day on the Nimrod tour. Oh, that's oh, awesome. Nice. That shit was Fancy! <laughs> they had a tour bus just for the band. Wow. The tour bus, the bunks were gigantic, and they didn't sleep on the bus. But wait, the beds what? were on the bus. Oh yeah, no, the tour bus you have beds on. Oh my! There's God. generally twelve bunks. We never considered. This. Yeah, twelve. 12 bunks on, on a tour bus. Wow. We hadn't factored this in. But on their buses, the artist bus, the band bus, there was eight? Yeah, there were eight bunks. And so it was Billy, Trey, and Mike, and then myself and Dan, Regan, the other, the trombone player from Real Big Fish. <laughs> the bunk and then I think there was like the tour manager and maybe somebody else, the, their, their guitar tech named Timmy Chunks, who was a really sweetheart. That's a cool name. You would sleep <laughs> on the bus when it was rolling, but then we get to the place and then everybody got their own room. Wow. You didn't share a room. You got your own room. And they were in like five-star beautiful hotels. That rules. It was incredible. And it was like, if, if I remember correctly, which there was a lot of drinking going on, so I might not. <laughs> uh, it was also like the, the tab on the hotel was paid. Like, yeah, it was pretty extraordinary. And you also got like, it was just 
that was fancy. But Real Big Fish was like there were there were twelve of us on one bus. Jeez. That's a lot of beds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there were twelve of us, and um, we slept on the bus. We got one hotel room a day for everyone to use to shower. Um, if you if it was close enough for everyone to walk there, or the weather was 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 nice enough to get there. And let me ask you, the wheels on the bus. Yeah. <laughs> oh my. They go round and round. Oh. <laughs> this yeah. sounds this sounds a whole lot like the life of like a Hollywood movie star. I was gonna throw something out there as far as touring goes because I know a very popular tour was the Vans Warp Tour. Rest in peace. Oh, we've been many a time. For yeah, Warped but. Tour. This last year, they did a Vans Warped Cruise. I heard about oh, this. Jeez. I would, I would I, ooh I, la la pass, but they I, yeah, I know you were on it. Trapped. Do you, have oh you ever God. played like a cruise or on a ship, and was that fancier than playing from a going off of a bus? Uh, no, I never got a chance to do that. They started, the Rubik's just started doing that stuff after I left. So they did like the 311 yeah. cruise. They did. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. They did the, they've done a few of them, as, as I recall. I don't know. There's something about, I saw the Poseidon Adventure as a kid, and I'm just like, no thanks. <laughs> yeah, we all we are actually scary. all on the same page as far as cruises go. Yeah. they sound great on yeah. paper. Yeah, ooh la la, no, th- no, th- no. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. We've all seen. James I don't Cameron's like the that Titanic. Being, I don't like not <laughs> being able to leave. Storm. Oh yeah, that's such a terrifying aspect of anything. If I enter and anywhere, especially I need with all way these out. theme tours, <laughs> like are all these theme cruises, like just recently there was a pro wrestling cruise. Well, it doesn't matter what the theme of the cruise is. The cruise, no. by definition, is just no one, right? No, but like, but recently there's been a trend, like with the Vans Warped Cruise, and yeah. that was pro wrestling cruise, and right. so many other cruises. I don't like the idea of not being able to leave the cruise, and yeah. if I'm surrounded by people and a certain thing that I like, yeah. like I love things. I I love Clearly. so many yes. things, uh-huh. but I don't know if I want to spend like two weeks straight of yeah. nothing but that thing. No, if if they stopped putting things on boats, it would be better. Yeah, Scott, you're gonna say something? No, I uh, I put I put boats kind of in the same uh, uh, category as planes for me. I don't like I don't like flying. I hate flying. Oh, really? In point of fact, wow. I have had to do it so rarely since I left the band that that actually has made that whole thing so much easier. Because it's like, oh, I don't fly constantly. <sighs> Good. Uh, um, Scott, I hate to break it to you, but we do have a private jet coming your way for, for, for the live show. But from what I understand, so, it only goes on the ground, so we're all good. It's a long flight. The yeah. really, really fancy yeah, yeah, yeah. Do. I mean, yeah. Um, yeah. But it's the same thing. Like I get on a plane, and I'm like, okay, so I can't go anywhere I want to or change the situation I'm in at all for the next mm. six hours. Fuck that. I don't like it. I don't want to yeah. do it. Um, I mean, obviously, I have to do it. Uh, I still have family in California that I mostly care for. And, uh, yeah. you know, but. Um, oh, yeah, I love my mom. <laughs> I don't know why everyone laughs when I say that. What, you guys not love your no, mom? So we all know you love your mom. There right? is one other aspect of being a successful musician that I feel like most people won't think about right away, and yeah, that is. is set life. Because you, Scott, I know Railway Fish was featured in basketball. You've been on so many talk shows. Music videos yourselves. Yeah. Uh, the shortly lived Andrew Dice Clay sitcom hits. Oh, yeah, it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to know like, I mean, you've been on a lot of movie slash video slash show sets. Right. Uh, what are some of the fancier sets that you've gotten to be on? Um, well, I mean, basketball was super fancy. I gotta imagine. Oh, that's cool. That was, that was incredible. Um, but I mean, like, this is the thing. And again, like, I'm going to dispel so much uh, <laughs> fantasy. <laughs> because of like please do you're we were working so hard and so to do 
the scenes at the Universal Amphitheater um, for basketball, we flew from St. Louis. We took a red-eye flight from St. Louis to California. Or no, we took a, it was late. All I know is we got in super late Mm. into LAX and then got it took about an hour to get home. And then it took an hour and a half to get to set, which we had to be on set at like seven in the morning. Got a lot of traffic. So like my girlfriend came and picked me up. We drove an hour back to my place. We slept for maybe an hour. And then I, you know, changed my clothes, took a shower and hopped back in the car and we drove to set. How'd you get to the beer stadium? (laughs) We sat there until four in the afternoon. Oh yeah, it's a lot of sitting yeah. and waiting. Oh my god. We're all yeah. in the film industry to yeah. some capacity, mostly in post-production, and yeah, I know it can get brutal. Yeah, and <laughs> uh-huh. we just sat there all day until four, and then they we went on set, and they shot for about maybe an hour and a half, and then they were like, okay, we're done. Yeah. Thanks so much. <laughs> and we were like, oh, okay. And so that, and then we drove, we had to go back home in LA traffic. Oh my god. Yeah. And then we had an early morning flight out to go to Baltimore. So went it's almost the same exact thing like got back home girlfriend went to shower she drove me to the airport lax and we flew to baltimore and so it's like there was a lot of that stuff that as fun and like exciting and um and i, I think this is one of those things that it's it's i think it's true for any hard-working entertainers it's like yeah it all is generally happening so fast and you're working so hard so unbelievably hard that oh, yeah. I mean I'm not talking about digging ditches hard or like cleaning septic tanks hard but like right. there's a certain amount of physical emotional and mental stress that goes along with this kind of stuff that is relatively inhuman especially <laughs> since the fact of the matter that you're like you're not seeing your loved ones yeah yeah like, I don't you know you're not going home at the end of a night you're going you're you know like yeah. you have no stability you're also running a fucking business yeah yeah it's like you're also terrified that any moment that the people that are putting food in your stomach and like the bus on your back um, could all of a sudden just decide that they don't fucking like you and you're done. And what have you done with your whole life? And so there's a lot of that kind of stuff. And it's just it's it's a lot. And so you're just trying to keep it together without fighting with the people that you're with. I mean, like, you know, we would break out into fistfights every now and then just because just fucking cuz. <laughs> Just because you gotta. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Real Big Fish is constantly touring. I know they still are. Like, if you look up Real Big Fish on Google, at any point, you'll see two to three months of dates. Yeah. Yeah. You should also look it up on Bing. We're not sponsored. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you for fixing that. Yeah. <laughs> We're not shells. Yeah, it's crazy to think, like, there was early footage of, like, Aaron and I getting in these huge, huge, unprofessional fights on stage. And like quitting and throwing instruments at each other and mic stands and walking Jeez. off and stuff. Wow. Which is crazy to think because I love that man so much. And like, I mean, you become family essentially, but yeah. it's like, it's so hard at first. I'm sure it comes from a place of like love and passion. Oh, totally. It's like finding with brothers. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, like being on the set was incredible, but we were just like doing everything we could to like, I'm trying to like pay attention to my girlfriend because we haven't seen each other in months. And like, you know, and all this stuff. And then I'm also trying to eat and sleep and like, that's yeah. the hardest thing. I'm sorry to interrupt, mm. but like, no, go for what, it. I mean, I, I'm sure that all of us, cause we are creative individuals. I, the hardest thing that I have to do when I'm working, when I'm mm-hmm. in like a state of creativity is remind myself to eat. I have, I have a story about this. Yeah, see? Um, so uh, on a much smaller scale, cause I'm not constantly touring, but in my line of work, as we talked about anime before, I work a lot of conventions. So that requires me traveling, going to different places, staying there for like, you know, for the weekend, like, yeah. like, you know, multiple days at a time. 
um, and we were working a convention that um, was just super like. Most times I'm staying up late. I'm waking up early. I'm like, no time to go, eat. I'm running around the con hall. You I'm get like, work done. yeah, I'm like carrying around equipment. Like sometimes we're in LA and it's like, what? One of the days was like 115 degrees, and it's like, it's too it's, hot. To it's eat. insane. And well, there's a day that everyone at my office brings up because we always joke about it every time we get ready for another convention. Oh. Is got to make sure Cam eats again. <laughs> you <laughs> have the whole office reminding yeah, you to eat because what? Five. <laughs> one day, um, I kept like. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go eat now. And then every time I was about to do that, something would come up like, oh, I'll just do it later. And it just got so late in the night. I had gone like almost the whole day without eating. We finally were about to get food. And I, you ever get in that state of like being where you go so long without food that you mm-hmm. get like... A second wind? No, no, no. The opposite. You get like sick. Oh, yeah. Like no, my stomach is like shrinking because I haven't been giving it anything. Uh-huh. So the idea of eating becomes disgusting. Like I try to eat and I can't. You're nauseous. Yeah, it's like really bad. So... My man, my manager was like, like went to like a gas station. It was closed. Like they were just about to close. Like I have a guy who like hasn't eaten. He gets me like these like protein shakes, and it's like the only thing that I can eat. It's purely I, utilitarian. Yeah, because I can't. I couldn't keep down solid foods. I, I didn't throw up or anything, but I was like so stressed and so. Congrats, man. Yeah, it was so. <laughs> Sometimes I'll just eat like what I used to do. I would get I would get a dollar slice in yeah. New York. I used to, and that's why I miss the most about New York is dollar slice. I uh, do miss a dollar slice. They're, they're far and few between now. Oh yeah, it's not a thing. It's not as as, as frequent as it used to be anymore. Yeah, they're much yeah. rare. But that yeah. but that is like a huge aspect I think of working in entertainment that mm-hmm. people don't see. They see that the finished product. Like that must have been oh. so cool. That must have been amazing. You're like, yeah, you know what? It was pretty amazing working on that. But also, I wanted to die. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but the one thing, and I'll say, you know, like again, I said, you know, it's not it's not digging ditches or like cleaning septic tanks. Is it's like at the end of the day, of there's, course, there's there's a, a, a there's a fulfillment. You know what I mean? Like, right. You, you, we do it because we love it. Yeah. And it's like, I, you know, I'm not about to start, you know, trying to compare, you know, anything that I've necessarily done in my life to, to anyone who's actually put in like a, a really hard day's work, mainly just for the basics of life. Of course. You know, this is all like I, I volunteered to do a, a crazy people's job. <laughs> You know, that's so true. It's funny because like now, like, you know, I've had a few jobs since I left the band and it's like the, 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 just the aspect of being able to go home at the end of a work day is like makes every day of work so much easier. Yeah. It gives you a break. It's like I, you get to kind of like reset. You get to clear your mind a little bit. There's the comfort, the familiarity of being like, yep, I can sleep in my bed tonight. Yeah. Yeah. But then it also like, I have a problem where it's like, I, this is where like, I try to make all my friends is at work and people are like, you don't make friends at work. I was like, I have to, cause I have no other friends. <laughs> we'll be your friends, Scott. Yeah. Yay. You know, yeah. there's a game that we like to play as friends. It's true. Uh, this um, is uh, something that Cam and I created. I don't like yeah. the smile that came to your face when you said <laughs> oh, you're that. You're going to like it, Scott. Stuff. Don't you worry. There's, <laughs> there's a game that Cam and I made yeah. on a subway. Mm-hmm. In, it's a musical game. It's a musical game for sure. It's called Pizza Pizza. And you know how you're talking about like you know public transportation you know getting on the trains and like we got stuck with the train wasn't going anywhere and we had to pass the time right so we had to entertain ourselves and we were dabbling in this little musical game of pizza pizza and we you'll pick up on the rules pretty quick we'll go and uh we'll start with cameron then okay. me then jerry then we'll go to you and we'll just keep going until we find the right place to stop okay, okay. so once we get yeah so Jer- after jared will be your turn scott and i think you'll be Primes by the time we get to you. Yeah. Okay. Ooh la la's favorite game, Pizza Pizza. All right, here we go. Pizza Pizza, this is fun. Pizza Pizza. Everyone. Pizza Pizza, everyone. Pizza Pizza, I love sun. Pizza Pizza, I love sun. Pizza Pizza. 
don't buy guns. Pizza, pizza, don't buy guns. Pizza, pizza, hello. Pizza, pizza, hello. Pizza, pizza, hello, no gun. Hello, pizza, hello, no gun. Pizza, pizza, I bought blinds. Pizza, pizza, I bought blinds. Pizza, pizza, they sound fine. Pizza, pizza, they sound fine. Pizza, pizza, so you get it. Pizza, 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 pizza. Pretty yeah, that yeah. really explains yeah, yeah, yeah. it out there. Yeah. Now wait, does it does 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 it have to rhyme or no? No. no. <laughs> okay, because because it is funnier if it doesn't rhyme. <laughs> yeah. So it starts. It usually starts with rhyming, and yeah. then eventually we run out of rhymes, and, and then, then you just keep saying pizza, and then it becomes more about capturing the way they said the thing that they said. Yeah. Sure. And it just becomes as manic as you desire it to be. Thank you for playing this dumb game with us, Scott. Yeah, it was really a pleasure. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Yeah. I mean, I have children, so I'm always into like finding like weird little like repetitive games that oh, we can do Pizza Pizza can be a hit for the kids. We should market those. <laughs> yeah, totally. Pizza Pizza, it's for the kids. <laughs> pizza so, Pizza, it's for the kids. Pizza Pizza. Well, I got to tell you, I learned, I mean, I learned so much about Scott. I learned a lot more about music. I think that, I mean, obviously, as everything that we do on this podcast is so subjective, but I mean, clearly there are lines we could draw to say what's fancy, what's not fancy, and what do we like even though it's not fancy, right? You know? Yeah. Yeah, it's okay to like things that aren't fancy. Of course. So, but on Ulala, don't mind if I do. I mean, so we we're, we're sussing out. Yeah, yeah. But has it been brought up, though, just to, to, for my own? Because I actually have a certain relationship with the word fancy. Oh. oh. We actually haven't gotten into the etymology or anything of the word. We haven't. It's the only word that doesn't sound like what it is. Mm. I can get with that. Yeah, like the word fancy doesn't sound fancy. Okay, I'm lost. Like, like if you say the word elegant, oh, it sounds word. like what it is. Bourgeoisie. But fancy, fancy doesn't sound fancy. Yeah, wow, I what he's saying. He's saying it's yeah. like fancy pantsy, where yeah, like, yeah. nothing rhymes with elegant. Guys, we got to yeah, rebrand the podcast. There's something about the, like, when you say elegant, it just, there's something about the, the way the word is constructed that sounds inherently, like, more sophisticated. Yeah. Fancy, it sounds like, ooh, you know, like, like you said, fancy pantsy. Fancy, like, it's not a, it's not a, it's, it's always mocking. Yeah, it's like, yeah. If only we had a podcast coach. <laughs> if only we had a podcast coach. Yeah, I feel like the word is almost not self-aware. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that sounds it is, like us. and it's like decided to play its own joke on itself. You know, like. Mm-hmm. In a way, isn't yeah. lacking self-awareness fancy? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's the big He brings up a good point. Depends yeah. on who you ask. Is there anything that you didn't get a chance to ooh-la-la that you want to pass an ooh-la-la on, Scott? So wait, just remind me of the, of the rating system again. So it's ooh-la-la, don't mind if well, I do. Well, ooh-la-la, don't mind if I do, our namesake. Right. And then there's ooh-la-la, I'll think about it. I'll and think about ooh-la-la, it. And then there's ooh-la-la, I'll pass. But thank you very but much. Because you, you got to be a gentleman, you know? You can't yeah, just be yeah. like... Because that would definitely be not fancy. Not fancy. Yeah. Sure. Well, it would be inelegant. Yeah. Right, for sure. <laughs> Gosh, let me think. Well, first of all, I mean, just because it's right in front of my face, is Jeff Rosenstock, ooh la la, don't mind if I do. Big fan. I don't know Very Jeff Rosenstock, answer. but he sounds uh, Jeff, like a gentleman. Ru- Jeff rules. Yeah? It's, it's, he's so much fun. Live. Have you broken bread with him? I, I <laughs> So, before we end this story, because mm-hmm. all stories do come to an end. Unfortunately. You can't just put this podcast down, you know, it's like Pringles. I was hoping this, this podcast would be kind of like The Simpsons, you know, just keeps going and keeps no. going. Okay. <laughs> but but before we go, Sean. Yes. You always ask our guests. This is our first guest. <laughs> and you always <laughs> ask our guests. If you do it now, it'll be always. Uh, yeah. yeah um, it'll always be. This is the time to establish what you will I, always do for our guests. Hey, Scott. Yeah. Aliens. 
That's not what you asked. <laughs> You've never asked me that. <laughs> I don't know. What did you want me to do? Hey, right. Scott, I Wait, got it. Let, I got it. Let's now. back it up. Ready? Yeah, no. All right. Let's, let's lay down some clean audio okay, here. Here we go. I'm ready. <laughs> hey, Scott. Yeah. Uh, first off, Ari Aliens Real. Second off, is there anything you'd like to plug on the podcast? Wait, what was that? What was that? Ari Aliens Real. You oh, thought you said Ariana Grande, I didn't could, you? No, yeah, no, that was just a collection of letters to me. I didn't even know what that was. So what I heard is, yes, Ariana Grande is an alien. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, Breaking oh, news. Yeah. You heard it here first, folks. Come on, of course aliens are real. It's impossible for them not to be. Yeah, it's yeah. not necessarily going to be Mars Attacks, but no. fingers crossed. Right? Uh, uh, sentience <laughs> or that. that happening statistically like is not impossible. It's generally considered to be improbable because it's, it's yeah, I mean, so many things have to work out so perfectly for this sort of thing to happen. But the fact that we live in an ever-expanding universe that's slowly tearing itself apart at an at atomic level... Um, not to get cheery um, anything I'd like to plug well right now I'm in the midst of preparing to release a 7 inch um, at the beginning of next year to start and we're going to start I'm talking with a few different artists to do some um, artwork to do some merch because we're going to start raising money to put out a new Littlest Man record next year amazing can't wait oh if you if you the listeners are not familiar please check out Littlest Man Band I believe they're out it's Better Bookends is the album right yeah yeah. yeah, wonderful, and if you're not into ska, it's not a ska album fully. It's just very, very good music. It's I, beautiful. I really do love it. Thank you so much. Yeah, and that's just not me blowing Yeah, I mean, it's a great it's, record. It's the, the best way to explain it is it's like, it's like show tunes for a show that doesn't exist yet. It's <laughs> yeah. really good. Yeah. Yeah. I felt the same way about Drunk Again, which, by the way, dude, fucking awesome job on Drunk Again. Thank yeah. you, thank, thank you. <laughs> I mean, that's that's Nina Simone described Miss, uh, the, her song Mississippi Goddamn like that. She's like, it's a song for a show that doesn't exist yet. And I was like, oh, I'm going to I'm gonna use that. And then I was like, I got to give her credit because anyone who knows Nina someone will be like what a douche <laughs> but yeah i mean it's i just i, I grew up in the theater and and you know, as a little kid and my, my my parents were involved in the theater and so it's like that's it's just generally there's a musical theater element to everything i do um and then i've been doing a lot of theater here in new york um independent theater and and yeah telling stories is important to me mm. and it always kind of has been and have you been involved in a documentary as well yeah well we did i think next i think it should be coming out next spring is the ska documentary pick it up oh yeah Perfect. <laughs> yeah and um it's this guy who's doing a documentary on uh, the 90s ska movement and why it disappeared and why it got such a bad rap and how come the United States doesn't seem to be able to embrace ska music in a way that <sighs> that yeah. it's due. I mean, every... <laughs> that was, that was some catharsis in here. That's too relatable. Seriously, every place else in the world sees ska music as as an important piece of music all over. and and But for some reason, we turn it into kitsch here. Yeah. yeah. You know? Well, it's... It's insane because I remember like in, I was in an improv class and they were doing something where it was like a would you rather scenario where someone's like, would you want the national anthem to be a ska song? I'm like, yes, yes, we should do that, yes. And everyone just thought it was crazy. But I mean, even like with this, I mean, the Interrupters just had a song come out recently. She's Kerosene, I think it was. And that got like a ton of praise. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, yeah, this is, Scott's good. Like, just be okay with it. It's so much fun. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, for some reason, like the name itself, like I feel like you attach the name Scott as something people are like turned off. But if you just disguise it, everyone's like, yeah, this is great. And I'm like, you are 
Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's in almost every commercial. Yes. Yeah. Like it's uh, commercials are either like hip hop beats or ska music. Hmm. And there's a reason for that. Catches people's attention. It makes them like feel good. It's incredible. I mean, like I have kids and like there's stuff that like I love that I can't play for my kids because the content's not any is isn't isn't appropriate, you know, but it's like right. ska music is always OK in my house. Ska and reggae is like always okay yeah. because like even when it's i mean like even like you know there's some stuff that fishbone does that it's like oh, i love fishbone sometimes like my wife goes whoa and i'm like that's okay <laughs> well, I, don't know, certain... I don't know why it's okay i don't know why it's okay but for you me it is cover a fishbone right yeah we did lying ass bitch i love that so oh, good so love that. which now now in retrospect just thinking about the the climate of uh how things are these days <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of things that i think were okay at a certain point and then when things changed uh, in this country, uh, things became not okay. I did this show, um, this theater show with my creative partner, this, uh, a woman named Katia McMullen, who's a fantastic writer, fantastic writer. She's fucking genius. And, um, we did this show that was called locked up bitches. And it was about an all female dog and cat animal shelter. <laughs> um, and it was, it was started out as a spoof on orange is the new black. And we like, there were all sorts of jokes we made and stuff like that. And then things changed in this country and things weren't funny anymore. Right. We couldn't make certain jokes. And so we had to alter certain jokes and certain things because, you know, things changed. And like, if you don't change with them, then you're going to be in, in a hurting spot. For sure. Sure. You got to adapt. But you certainly captured our attention and you made us feel good. And I think you're going to do the same for our listeners. Yeah. Oh, that's sweet. If you would like to hear more from us on Twitter, we are at Ulala Podcast. Uh, I'm, you can find me, Sean, at Captain Tony. You can find me, Cameron. Pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. Trenalange. <laughs> uh, <laughs> on Twitter, at Camelange. I'm Jared Simon Says. I'm everywhere. <laughs> It's me. Where can we find you, Scott? At S.A. Klopfenstein. Perfect. And then uh, Lilith Man Band on Instagram, or I think I'm just Scott Klopfenstein on Instagram. Facebook is also Scott Klopfenstein. There's an artist page. There's a personal page. I probably, I, <laughs> I, I, I don't friend anybody on my personal page because I don't really, I, I don't look at it in Facebook anymore. I mean, that's fair. Yeah, I don't blame you. Well, this has been amazing. Um, we, we're super excited for your next recording. Um, as soon as the details are out about your 7-inch, we would love to... Uh, well, that sounds really inappropriate when you phrase it that way. <laughs> what? I want to hear all about your 7-inch, That's okay, not Scott? fancy. That's not fancy, Cameron. Well, Although we are very interested, Scott. <laughs> no, what the hell? <laughs> oh, in the 7-inch, in the record, in yeah. the record. We're interested. We would love to work with you uh, on, on details around that after the show. Sure. So we'll keep in touch. We, we want to... We you know, work together. I don't on, want this on... to be the last time we talk to Scott. Exactly. Scott, I want this to be the last time, right? No, it won't be the last we're time. We're friends now, right? Oh, yeah, no, oh, we're good. That's the coolest. Again, Scott, thank you for making the 13-year-old me incredibly just like, if I went back in time and told myself that, oh, yeah, you're going to hang out with Scott Kloppenstein and co record conversation, I would have freaked out. I, I, I did not believe that this day was going to come. Yeah, no. You honestly <laughs> made us very happy, and yeah. thank you so much. You've been a wonderful oh, guest. It's my been pleasure. An honor, I mean, if truly. it's any consolation whatsoever, there's a 13 year old version of me doing interviews into like a fucking spoon. You know what I mean? Like in my bedroom. <laughs> so it's like this kind of thing. Like, it's such a like. I, I hope that I said anything that anyone gives a shit about. Like, that's the amazing thing. I'm like, oh, you know, but this, I, I like talking to people, and I like talking to people about stuff that I'm 
that I'm interested in because that that's the whole thing, right? It's like yeah. If I if I can go off on one thing that I think is the one thing that is the most important thing about anything that I do is it's all about community. Hell yeah. Yeah, I agree. Well, Sean, can you can you toast yeah, like the Scott would, toast though? Because I, I could drink I, to a that. Scott toast? Oh yeah. Well, wouldn't that yeah, be uh, the only? Uh, oh, I got it. I got it. Do I got it. Do it for the Scottians. Ooh, the Scottians. Okay, oh. I I think I got something. That he is jo- our Scott. That joke was courtesy of Tori. Yeah. All right, I would love to propose a toast. All right. A message to you, Rudy. Be good to your fellow people. It's your duty. Cheers! 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 Cheers. <laughs> oh, Scott's got one too! Oh, perfect! <laughs>